As the song says, breaking up is hard to do. I had someone write on our forum a week or so ago asking about, hey, Rick, do you have anything that you can share with me about the effect that a divorce has on children? My wife and I are splitting up, and I would love to get your thoughts on that. Well, this is Life Over Coffee podcast, and that is what this podcast is about. I answer questions that folks send in. We do interviews and other things as well, but I love it when folks ask questions and they are wanting some help for whatever their life situation may be. If you have a question for me that you would like for me to devote 30 minutes in a podcast format for, I would be glad to do that. You can flatten out your question. I'll not use your name and anything that would direct people or give people insight as to who you are. But I do want to deal with the subject, and this idea of splitting up is common. You know somebody who is splitting up or who has already gotten a divorce. It's so pandemic that everybody has been affected by it to one degree or another. And because of the commonality of this problem, I want to interact with this in episode 143. If you want to read the show notes, go to that episode, 143. The title of it is 10 Things to Know About Divorced Children. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net, N-E-T. We also have a lot of other resources. We have webinars. We have mind maps, infographics, articles, a bunch of podcasts. We have our other podcast network, Your Daily Drive, where I put my article content in audio format so that you can listen to those articles as you go about your day. As one lady said, could you make them a little bit longer? I listen to your podcast while I'm vacuuming. Well, many of them are 30 minutes. Most of them, I would say, are 30 minutes in length, and so maybe you can listen to a couple as you are vacuuming or whatever it is that you may be doing. If you have any questions for me and my team, then what you would want to do is to jump on our website, again, rickthomas.net. Go to our free community forum if you're not a supporting member, and you can ask your question there. There's no charge, no cost, no trick. Just fill out your username and password if you don't already have that. And then you can ask any question that you want about life and godliness, personally, a situational difficulty, relational problem, whatever it may be, like what this man is asking me in this podcast that I want to interact with. If you are a supporting member, go to our uh, supporting member forum, and it's our private forum, and you can ask there. And again, we'll uh, we'll be ready, we'll be willing, and Uh, be glad to serve you, whether you're on the free forum or or the private forum. This idea of divorce, again, it is a big problem. And if my best recommendation is, is not to get a divorce. I mean, that is, that's God's answer. That's the way it was from the beginning. And if you want help, if you are going through a hard time in your marriage, then we provide counseling. You can go to our counseling link. We have trained counselors, biblical counselors that would be able to serve you. I also just published a book called Change Me. It is, it is a book on transformation. Did you hear about that? You can get it on Amazon. 
type the words change me and Rick Thomas. Those four words, change me, Rick Thomas. And that book will come up on Amazon and you can order it and have it shipped right to your door. I would encourage you to get it. It's 34 chapters, 292 pages. It's on the change process. Perhaps you and your spouse could read this book together, or maybe if your spouse is not willing, you can read it by yourself and begin to implement whatever changes that need to be implemented so that you can rescue your marriage by the grace of God. And so I would encourage you to get that book, but also whether your marriage is in trouble or not, is a book about transformation, as the title suggests. Change me. If you want to improve, well, this book will serve you as it walks through the change process. Let's get into this. Again, the show notes are episode 143, 10 Things to Know About Divorced Children. I want to talk in this podcast about your children, the effect of children, and how to navigate the choppy waters of separation and divorce if you go that far. I have articles linked here that will also serve you. You can click on them and you can do a ton of reading. I've written a lot on divorce. I've written even more on marriage. And so we have plenty of resources, hundreds of resources, whether it's articles or podcasts, literally, webinars, interacting on our forums. We have a lot here that will serve you in your marriage. But I want to talk in this podcast about how to uh, navigate uh, through a divorce specifically as it relates to your children. Splitting up is a sad and life-changing problem for all individuals involved, including the Lord, God's fame. It tarnishes God's fame when a couple, especially those who name the name of Christ, they they say that they are Christians, and maybe they are. It's not a point that I'm going to debate here. But nevertheless, they end up divorced. God's fame takes a hit when Christians separate, when they are no longer acting like Christ and the church, but because of the hardness of heart. One of them, or maybe both of them, but regardless, uh, they separate and they get a divorce. The best answer is not to do it. That's always the first answer when anyone is talking about divorce. Whether they have biblical permission for a divorce is not the primary thing. The primary thing is don't do it. Let's make sure we exhaust every option before we go down that road. Now, if it does happen, then there are things that you need to consider. Uh, To make a negative situation moderately, not perfectly, but moderately better for your children. And so let me work through these 10 things. They're not in any particular order, and it's also not an exhaustive list. I will remind you at the end of the podcast that if you have more things that you want to know about pertaining to this subject here, then please ask. Get on our forums and ask that question. You can't exhaust hardly any of the topics that we interact with uh, in a podcast or in an article, whether even if it's a long-form article, because our topics are nuanced, contoured, layered, there are many angles. Sometimes we only take a topic from one particular angle, and that's what I'm doing here in this podcast. I'm dealing with the subject of divorce, 
But the slice of divorce that I'm dealing with specifically is the effect of divorce on children. But even that is a huge topic, and so I can only give you 10 ideas, and that's why I say this is not an exhaustive list. Number one, it will never be perfect. There is no way to make splitting up right with your child because you can't make divorce right if you go that far. It'll, it will always be a problem in the child's life, and it's crucial that you understand the nature of the problem, or you may be discouraged by the ongoing difficulties that divorce causes with children. Though you may not want to hear this, you can say in a virtual way, that you are stamping a scarlet D on the child's chest, and they will be affected by this, and it will be generational more than likely because they will react or overreact and maybe even choose wrongly as far as who they marry or parent uh, not in the best way because they are reacting to what has happened to them. And that's what I mean by generational. I've been counseling for a long time, and I've counseled adult children who are married and have not done a great job with their own children because of the effect that their own childhood had on them. And you can go so far to say that not, not just those who have been divorced, but those who had a dysfunctional family life like I did, but their parents never did divorce. When I got married, I had no template when I got married the first time. I had no template for what it meant to be a husband. I had no template to know what it meant to be a a, a father, and I'm talking about a biblical template. I had a template, <laughs> but it was a dysfunctional template, and so I entered into marriage not only naive, but dumb, ignorant, uh, and it wasn't a blank slate. Uh, as I said, it was a dysfunctional template. The, working from a blank slate is, po is more positive than for those of us who live in dysfunctional homes or we are the product of divorced parents. That is a negative. That's not even zero. That is negative. We're working from a negative perspective of trying to figure out how to be a husband and how to be a father. And so please understand, and I'm being negative here on purpose because I want you to understand the severity of the problem. There will be ongoing difficulties in the child's life. You, you can't make something right that is forever deemed wrong by God. When God says that divorce is wrong, and the only reason that he would give a permission for divorce in Matthew 19, he talks to Jesus, talks about this, is because of the hardness of heart. So please understand. And, and what happens often is that parents look at their current situation, they look at their marriage, and they, they choose the what they think is the lesser of two evils. Well, our marriage is awful, and I know divorce is not right, but it's got to be better than this. Now, maybe it is. I don't want to guilt trip you here. That's not the point. But I also want to make sure that you understand. I mean, do not think that the grass is greener on the other side because the grass is not 
greener on the other side. It will never be perfect, and that is point number one. Number two, each child is different. If you have more than one child, well, you already know that. You know that your children are different. Every child is different. So what you say to the child depends on the maturity of the child. Some children can process information at a younger age, some at an older age, some just don't process it well. Uh, Some children And some children will process divorce quietly, for example, and others may act out their thoughts, and that is the way that they are processing it. But either way, splitting up a family is like a seed that you plant in their hearts, and you won't know how it will affect them entirely until years later. Think of it like a farming analogy that you put the seed in the ground, and the seed is divorce. And you, and this is where you can be duped into believing that everything's going to be okay because your children are young. Let's say that your children are an infant, babe in arms, or uh, toddlers, and you say, well, you know, they can handle this. Well, that's what the perception is when they're young, but you're placing the divorce seed in their hearts, and it will germinate, and it will begin to grow, and it will uh, break through the ground at 12. 13, 14 years of age, and and then you will begin to see more clearly of what that seed has manifested itself into. And so understand this, one, that each child is different, they're going to process it differently, and you will not know the full effect of how they have processed it until years later. So don't fall for the trap, especially if your children are young, thinking that it's going to be okay. As I said in point number one, It will never be perfect. Number two, each child is different. Number three, their ages matter. The age of the child does make a difference. If the kids are young, you will not be able to say much to them. They do not have categories. They do not have discernment to grasp adult problems. Think of it like having the sex talk with your child. You don't do that when your child is three, four, five, six years of age. You can't tell them the full scoop of the sex talk when they're at a young age. Well, divorce is similar. What we're talking about, or what I'm talking about here, is adult information. You see, children aren't supposed to receive adult information when they are young, whether it's a sex talk or divorce or some other adult topic, because their minds cannot comprehend. They're not smart enough. They're not mature enough, wise enough. They do not have all the tools that they need to comprehend. And so no parent does that. It's similar to giving your four-year-old the keys to the car and say, be home before midnight. Nobody does that. And so remember that the age of the child makes a difference. And so if they are young, you're not going to be able to say much to them. You can't get into the complexities of the uh, problems between you and your spouse, and you and you also don't want to put that burden on them uh, because they won't be able to comprehend it, and it will actually com- confuse your child more than anything else. And so point number three, their ages do matter. It does make a difference. Point number four, tell them the truth. 
You want to always be truthful with your children according to how a unique child can understand it. I've talked about in point number uh, two, their maturity level. Well, that's going to be uh, that's going to matter. And then point number three, their age, that's going to matter. But regardless of the maturity or their age, you want to tell them the truth according to their ability, their maturity, their age, to understand the truth. Share what you're able to share with them in the most simplified ways. Do not lie to your children is what I'm saying here. Let me give you an example. Quote, Mommy and I are not getting along now, so we have separated. You're telling them the truth. It's simplified truth. You're keeping it simple, in this case, for the age of the child. But my point here, don't lie to them. And so you consider the differences in the child. You consider the ages of the child. Point number four, you tell them the truth. Point number five, and this is imperative that you understand this, that you will have to expect fallout. When your child does act out, and there's a high probability that your child will, one of the things that you want to do is to consider the source of the behavior. Now, there will be multiple sources of the behavior. Obviously, from a bibliocentric perspective, the source of all of our sinful behavior comes from our Adamic fallenness. But in some way, you'll also see how it's connected to what has happened to their family. You see, shaping influences also become a source in a secondary or tertiary way. Shaping influences become a source for the behavior that you're seeing. And though you'll need to discipline the child or to correct the child, you, you need to be more nuanced to discern the complicatedness that divorce causes. Now, this outcome requires much prayer and wisdom on your part. You need to be praying through this and asking the Father to help you, asking the Spirit of God specifically to illuminate your mind so that you can see uh, these contours of what's going on in the child's behavior. You just don't want to automatically say, my child is fallen, he's or she is Adamic, and this is why he or she is doing this. Well, that's true at the most foundational level, but you want to consider the shaping influences that a divorce can cause on a child. And the point here is that you want to, you have to expect fallout. Do not put on your rose-colored glasses if you're going to divorce court because it just won't happen that way. No matter uh, how uh, smart and wise and mature you think your children are or if you think that you are different, you are not different. It will affect them. Number six, breakups break cause insecurity. And this is part of the reason of why they, they do struggle so much with divorce. Every child needs security. Every human being that comes into this world needs security more than anything else. Think about a, an infant, and, and they, they have no ability to do anything for themselves, and they have no ability to comprehend um, what's going on around them. 
And so the requirement is on the parents to provide that. The parents have to provide a, an environment of grace. They have to provide security for the child because the child can't do that for themselves. As an adult, we can fight for rest. We can strive to enter into that rest, as the Hebrew writer said. We can think on these things, and the peace of God that passes all understanding can be ours. Well, a child cannot do that. They cannot do these things, and so it is, it's the parent's responsibility to give these means of grace to the children, But when the marriage, the family breaks up, then it's devastating because they have no ability within themselves to control their environment, and their parents are not managing the environment well. The big people in the room are the primary ones who provide a secure environment, and when they don't, there will be adverse consequences. And what the children want, what they crave, and the the causal action for why they are behaving the way they are is because they are living in an insecure world. It's like the earth has disappeared from under their feet and they are free-falling and there's nothing to stop them or help them. Now, what will happen when their children become older, like 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age, the teenage years, is they will look for security through other means because their family, their parents did not provide it for them Many times young girls will be tempted to find love because uh, it gives them this artificial, this perception of security that they've been longing for all their lives, somebody to love them, care for them. Guys will look for security in their own ways. A lot of times their identity is in what they can do in their jobs, and they, they create a world where they feel secure because they've never had it before. And what we're talking about here is that the parents are expediting this desire within the children to become self-reliant people because the children can't depend on their parents to give them what they need, and so the children become self-reliant as they grow up into young young adults, and they begin to control their own world because they can't trust those who are around them to provide the things that God has required parents to provide for children. And so breakups cause insecurity, point number six. Number seven, do not presume on God's grace. Some parents flippantly think, oh, God will take care of this, or it's better this way. I've heard both of those many times. Well, here's the truth. It's not better this way. As I said earlier, the reason God permits divorce in some situations is that of hard-heartedness. God may protect your children in spite of you, but you do not want to take God for granted. Taking God for granted is what I meant under this point. Don't presume on God's grace. Don't take God's grace for granted. It's like, I can do this and God will take care of me. He may. He may take care of your children, or he may just let you go the way that you want to go and you suffer the consequences for it. Do not presume on God's grace. Number seven. Here's number eight. Watch the legalism trap. I want to jump in the other ditch now. In one ditch, we have presumption, taking God for granted. He's going to fix this. In the other ditch, we have 
legalism. Parents of an unwanted divorce, and now this is who I'm talking about. You're the one who doesn't want the separation. You're the one that doesn't want the divorce. And if that parent does not guard their mind, they may think they have ruined their children. Now, while a failed marriage is not right, I've made a strong and emotional case for that. Remember this, God transforms all of us by his grace rather than our works. And so in one trap, you can presume on God's grace, thinking that he's going to fix this regardless of what I do. And then in the other trap, you can think that because of what you do, you've ruined your children. I I tell people like this, I, I don't think my parents could have done a much more horrible job than what they did. Maybe there were a few things that they didn't do that they could have done that could have made my childhood more worser than what it was, but God saved me anyway. I don't want you to fall into the legalism trap thinking that your works are all that matters. And so number seven, don't presume on God's grace, thinking what you do doesn't matter, God will fix it. And then number eight, watch out for legalism, thinking about what you do is the primary thing. Number nine, never stop stewarding. You must always discern the contours of your child's life while bringing care to the ever-changing problems that divorce causes as the children ages, as the child ages. While they are younger, their resilience will not be needed as much, but as they grow up, they'll have more thoughts. They'll have more temptations that will require more care for you, that will require much more care for you because their problems will be more complicated as they age. Peer pressure, for example, uh, the temptation to have relationships that are ungodly relationships, uh, living in the insecurity and the effects of insecurity, as I was talking earlier, and you must grow with them. What you do with them as a toddler working this problem and what you do with them as a 15-year-old or a 19-year-old will be much different. And so my point here is you never stop stewarding the problem. Number 10, never speak evil. Don't be that person that creates attention in your child's heart by speaking critically about your spouse. Regardless of what your spouse has done, regardless of who your spouse is, he or she is still the child's parent. Don't make your child choose who he or she will like more, you or your spouse. And when your child speaks critically of your former spouse, be mature enough to help him change his attitude help guard the child's heart. And one of the ways that you will help guard your child's heart and one of the ways that you will help keep from putting your child in this bad, awkward position of divisive parents is by not speaking critically of the other spouse. Be careful about this. Number 10, never speak evil. The title of this podcast, episode 143, 10 things to know about divorced children. Number one, it will never be perfect. Number two, each child is different. Number three, their ages matter. 
Number four, tell them the truth. Number five, expect fallout. Number six, breakups cause insecurity. Number seven, don't presume on God's grace. Number eight, watch the legalism trap. Number nine, never stop stewarding. Number 10, never speak evil. Now, as I said earlier, this list is not exhaustive. Perhaps you have questions, you have more questions, you have ideas, you have things that you want me to consider. Uh, You want to work through this more, and if you do, I want to encourage you to go to our free community forum, and you can chat with my team and me. We are there, available uh, for you. We are a 24-7 shop. It's what we do. Now, what you'll have to do is to get your unique username and password. I have a link here in the show notes that you can click on, and if you don't have a username and password, just click on it and And write out your username, whatever you want to use. It doesn't matter. And then create your password. And then you're in. And you can click on this other link that uh, will take you to our free community forum. If you are a supporting member, thank you so much for supporting this ministry. You are the ones that make it free for everybody else. And so thank you for your monthly or annual support. Thank you also for your donations. Episode 143, 10 Things to Know About Divorced Children. Be sure to go to Amazon and get the book, Change Me. It is a 34-chapter book on the change process. It will serve you and your friends. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.